Hello, I'm Kendra Von Esch, and you are listening to my 10-minute daily podcast, Reality Reflections. I bought into what this world said would make me happy. Money, prestige, power. And hey, if it feels good, do it, because life is stressful, so party hard. Do whatever makes you happy. But that didn't quite work out, because I felt even more insecure, full of fear, shame, and anxiety, and never, ever good enough. Then God found me and flipped my reality upside down and transformed my life. And I want this for everyone. So I left my executive career to help others find true acceptance, supernatural peace, joy, and love that only comes from a relationship with God. Here is my reality reflection for today. It is time to prepare our hearts, people. Oh my goodness, what a moment of meditation this morning. So I'm going to read some of the readings and give you my commentary during it, so bear with me. I'm going to try and make it explicitly clear when I'm reading and when I'm commentating. Because it's really important. The message throughout all of the readings today should speak to our hearts. Okay, first reading, Ezekiel 36, verse 23 through 28. Thus says the Lord, I will prove the holiness of my great name, profaned among the nations, in whose midst you have profaned it. Okay, let's look at let's look at this one. I will prove the holiness of my great name that the the nations have profaned. I'm going to show you people in your midst who have profaned my name. Think about the nations as the people, the chosen people, not physical named continents and countries and nations, but God's chosen people, the Jews, right? Thus, the nations shall know that I am the Lord, says the Lord God, when in their sight I prove my holiness through you. He's going to say, I'm going to prove that I am God, not through my chosen people who have ignored me and profaned my name. I'm going to prove it through you. I'm going to show them through you. For I will take you away from among the nations, gather you from all the foreign lands, and bring you back to your own land. So this is, again, not thinking about physical lands, but I'm going to take you from all across the world and bring you to the chosen land, right? We all think of Israel as the chosen land. Well, that's just... Another way of saying God's chosen people. I will sprinkle clean water upon you to cleanse you from all your impurities and from all your idols, I will cleanse you. So after God goes around and chooses all of his chosen people, he's going to wash them clean. He's going to take away all those idols and all of the worldly things that his previous chosen people have decided to worship over God after they've profaned God's name. 
I will give you a new heart and a place. Ah, let me start that over. I will give you a new heart and place a new spirit within you, taking from your bodies your stony hearts and giving you natural hearts. This is basically God saying, I'm going to give you a conversion. You are going to realize that I am God and you are going to have new spirits within you. You're going to walk away from idol worship and you will know that I am God. I will put my spirit within you and make you live by my statutes, careful to observe my decrees. So there you go. He's going to change within us our conversion. We're going to want to live according to God's statutes. We're going to want to not sin because he's converted our hearts and placed a new spirit within us. You shall live in the land I gave your ancestors. You shall be my people and I will be your God. So he's basically saying, hey, I've tried it with the chosen people. They've basically profaned me, ignored me, and chose to have idol worships, worship money, and the worldly things. So you are going to live in the land that I gave them, meaning you're going to be, you're going to be my chosen people. Remember, it's not a physical land. It's the land of Israel is God's chosen people, and, and he will be our God. So if you are listening to this, and you have had that conversion of heart, you believe in God, and of course, Jesus as our Savior, but this is the Old Testament here. You have been chosen. You are chosen. It's beautiful. Okay, let's let's look at the responsorial psalm. Back again in, in Ezekiel, I will pour clean water on you and wash away all your sins. A clean heart create for me, O God and a steadfast spirit renew within me. Cast me not out from your presence, and your Holy Spirit take not from me. I will pour clean water on you. Let's think about that. And wash away all your sins. Give me back the joy of your salvation, and a willing spirit sustain in me. I will teach transgressors your ways, and sinners shall return to you. Let's all ask God for the joy of our conversion again. I don't know how long you've been on the journey, but let's not take advantage or for granted this beautiful gift of faith. And let's not forget that we need to go out and teach those who are sinners, so that they can turn to God. That's what we're called to be, disciples. And again, I will pour clean water on you and wash away all your sins. For you are not pleased with sacrifices. Should I offer burnt offering, you would not accept it. My sacrifice, O God, is a contrite spirit a contrite and hum a heart contrite and humbled o god you will not spurn all right we're not going to go through the motions like the initial chosen people who were acting like they were 
godly men, having sacrifices in the temple, but never lived with a heart for the people, for love. They were just sucking up the riches and the worldly pleasures and and really looking at people and chastising them for not living by the law. They didn't live by love and caring for others. So the sacrifices don't mean squat, (laughs) right? Our sacrifices are supposed to be a contrite spirit and a heart that is contrite and humbled. So God, if we go to him in confession and throughout the day and apologize and want to be a better person and confess our sins, he's not going to spurn us. He's going to love us. He will pour clean water on you and wash away all your sins. Then the Alleluia. Yep, I'm going through it all. (laughs) If today you hear his voice, harden not your hearts again all about the heart. If this is speaking to you and it is moving you, don't harden your heart. Open it up. Ask God to to fill you with his blessings. Ask him to give you courage and to offer yourself to him as your own sacrifice. Lord, I am your servant. I will do your will. Okay, now the gospel of Matthew 22, verse 1 through 14. The book of Matthew, the Gospels, have everything to do with speaking to the Jews. The book of Matthew is really speaking the language of the Jewish people. Okay, here we go. Jesus, again in reply, spoke to the chief priests and the elders of the people in parables, saying, The kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who gave a wedding feast for his son. He dispatched his servants to summon the invited guests to the feast, but they refused to come. Again, speaking to the Jews, thinking about the Old Testament here, the kingdom of heaven is the Lord, and he is having a wedding feast for his son Jesus, saying he's the salvation. And he dispatched his disciples... Oh, sorry, I didn't mute my computer here. Sorry about that. And he dispatched his disciples to invite people to the new salvation, Christianity. But they refused to come. A second time, he sent other servants saying, Tell those invited, Behold, I have prepared my banquet. My calves and fattened cattle are killed and everything is ready. Come to the feast. Some ignored the invitation and went away, one to his farm, another to his business. Okay, again, God consistently calling his people, saying, look, we're ready. We've got the feast ready for you. And people just said, eh, I'm going to walk away from that invitation for conversion. I'm going to go along with what I've got going on in my life, my farm and my business. And this is just normal people. The rest laid hold of his servants, mistreated them and killed them. So these are the people in power who are saying, you have got to stop preaching in this Jesus's name. We're going to beat you. We're going to kill you. So this is, again, if you think about the first disciples out there, and Stephen, those who were murdered, 
these are the disciples that were mistreated and killed. The king was enraged and sent his troops, destroyed those murderers, and burned their city. Then the king said to his servants, The feast is ready, but those who were invited were not worthy to come. Go out, therefore, into the main roads and invite to the feast whomever you find. The servants went out into the streets and gathered all they found, bad and good alike, and the hall was filled with guests. So this is, the, this is God saying, all right, I'm done with the chosen people who have snubbed me. They have chosen not to follow me. So you know what, disciples, go out to the Gentiles. Go out to as many as you can find, good and bad alike, and invite them. Invite them into my heart. But when the king came to meet the guests, he saw a man there not dressed in a wedding garment. So let's remember, they're going out into the streets. These people don't have money to go buy wedding you know, garments and dress up and appropriately be reverent to the king. So the king provided everyone with their own wedding garments. And there were good and bad people. This is representing judgment. Like, how are you preparing yourself for this big feast? Some people just came because it's a good old banquet. Like, I'm hungry. <laughs> I want some food. And others were like, ooh, what is this all about? This is going to be interesting. I've never been to a king's wedding feast. So everyone is sort of coming in, and this is representing judgment. The king said to a man who didn't have the wedding garment on, he said to him, My friend, how is it that you came in here without a wedding garment? But he was reduced to silence. Then the king said to his attendant, Bind his hands and feet and cast him into the darkness outside, where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited but few are chosen. So what's that all about? This guy decided, yeah, I'm not going to wear the wedding garment. I know you're giving it to me, but I don't need to wear the wedding garment. I'm just going to come in here in my rags. And, and that's like, you don't enter the kingdom of heaven without being a pure soul, without being sinless, without going through purgatory and being purified. And so he's sitting there trying to get in and it's like, uh-uh. You've just snubbed me, my man. Throw him in to the darkness outside where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. Many are invited, but few are chosen. So <laughs> this, is a, this was a powerful reading for me today. And yes, this is a little bit long, but let's sit there and think of ourselves God, in the very first reading of Ezekiel, chose us. He cleansed us. He converted us. We believe. And now we've been invited to the wedding feast. Are we going to be dressed appropriately? Are we going to have our hearts contrite? And are we going to be cleansed with water and robed in these beautiful white wedding garments ready ready for the Lord, ready to be brought into his kingdom? 
Or are we going to be dirty and ignore the wedding garments and be filled with sin and have our hearts filled like or be a stone, not like a normal fleshy heart with love and compassion? The question lays out there plainly for us. God gathered us from all parts of the world, and we are chosen. Many are invited, but few are chosen. Many decide to choose anything but God. That's the fact. Many, many people out there decide of of their idols, their riches, their worldly desires. And what I'd like to ask all of us to do today is to ask the Lord to give us a contrite and humble heart. Lord, wash me clean of my sins. Please continue to go to confession on a regular basis. I just went yesterday, and I could go again today. As I reflect on my day, I know I wasn't as loving as I could have been. I know I didn't always have that contrite heart. I don't want us all to feel (laughs) like we're beating ourselves up. But if we are trying, if we are trying to be witnesses of God and God's love and God's caring to others and going out and inviting people to the wedding feast like all of his servants did and some were beaten and killed for it, uh, that's that's what God is really asking us to do. So we need to examine our lives. We need to prepare because we never know when that wedding feast is going to happen. And are we going to be standing there in dirty clothes, not cleansed with water and not with a soft heart and contrite, humble heart? I don't want to be at a wedding like that. So today, let's and every day, let's ask him to cleanse our heart. Before I actually read the readings today, I, I almost cried when I started reading the readings. Um, I asked for the contrite, humble heart to give me a new heart and a new spirit. I did not know that that was what I was going to read in the readings when I opened up my phone. Yes, I I don't read it. <laughs> I read it on my on my on digital stuff. So I, I I have to say that I was like, oh my goodness, and that's why my reflection and my meditation on the word was so intense. And I wanted to walk you through that in case the gospel might have kind of gone over your head and you didn't quite know what the message really was and how the Old Testament and New Testament and the Psalms and the Alleluia, Lord, if today I hear your voice, harden not my heart, just wrap all around. Everything is in the heart. Everything comes from the heart, our thoughts, our words, our deeds. And we need God to transform our heart from stone to a natural, loving, contrite, humble heart of flesh. He needs to do that. We can't. So let's pray for that today. Sorry for such a long one, but we are called. We have been chosen. 
So how are we going to react? Are we going to walk away from the wedding feast? Or are we going to prepare and be ready in our white clothing and continue to try and walk that narrow path? And let's get out there and invite others to the wedding feast as well. (laughs) We can't forget that. And sometimes it's just a matter of a smile. I would like to ask everyone to incorporate, have a blessed day to the way that they depart anyone, your grocery clerk, gas station attendant, your family when they leave for, for work, have a blessed day. It's different. It means something and it will make that person think for a moment about God. That's all you got to say with a smile and walk on out. Let's all incorporate that as our new way to say goodbye. Instead of have a good one, have a blessed day. Wow. I do it. I do it and I see the reaction of people. And I know, okay, I've done my little invitation. (laughs) I've planted my little seed. As little as it is. Again, remember, only needs to be a mustard seed. And for me, it was a half of a half of a half of a mustard seed that was inserted in my heart. Okay, everyone, I love you all so much. Let's go be Jesus. Let's be the light and wish everyone a blessed day today. Take care. And you have one too.